Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey everyone, I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Great to be back, Sean. And boy, we have a lot of stories to cover today. And we're actually going to cover three stories that have slipped through the cracks because this has been a very busy news week. The media should be talking almost exclusively about Joe Biden and the corruption scandal. Um, the Devin Archer um, interview testimony, on the, testimony on the Hill and sort of all the pieces of the of the map, if you will, coming together, all the dots being connected on the Biden scandal. And the 50 million or more dollars that they have taken uh, from from many of our enemies and a lot of corrupt countries like Ukraine. So that is a huge story, but it's been completely wiped off the news cycle. And everyone is talking about Trump's indictment, which we did, too, on a podcast that we had with Will Cain earlier this week. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, um, boy, Will Cain does a great job of breaking down not just the indictment and what it means for Donald Trump, but more importantly, what it means for America and for conservatives. And that is a great podcast you should check out. And for our future. And I think on that topic, though, at, uh, a little bit later in the show, I think we should talk about the media and how the media has responded with news coverage on this topic. We yes. talked about what's happening, but now we need to talk about a little bit later in the show how the media is trying to digest this, present it with a little wrapping paper and bow for the American people yeah. or the liberal viewers. So we'll get to that. It's, but also, It's a family love story, Sean. It's, it's, it's not about corruption. It's a family love story. So we have some really, you have to stick around for these, this clip. It's, it's really probably one of the most insane MSNBC clips you've heard in a long time. So stick around for that and we'll break down um, what, what's happening and what you can expect um, from the media in this. And we're also, you know, in that same podcast with Will Cain, we talked, Will Cain broke down how to find the perfect woman. Um, and ironically, these new stats have come out when we talked a little bit with Will about uh, stats about young people thinking that marriage is antiquated and, you know, so many of them are not choosing marriage or choosing to live together or just not even be in relationships. Now, a new story has come out, a poll out of the University of Chicago showing that we're going to tell you who the happiest people um, in America are. So we're going to do that story. It's related to the marriage story. But before that, um, if you thought the persecution of Donald Trump was just about Donald Trump. Well, get ready. Um, we're already starting to see the signs um, of what this means for all of you. So in Watertown, Wisconsin, little Watertown, Town, Wisconsin, a young man, handsome fellow, Marcus Schroeder, um, was out with some of his friends from church reading out loud using sort of a, what do you, what would you call it? It's not a bullhorn, but a it's amplifier. Like a, yeah, a little, well. a little, a little a microphone and a, and a speaker that amplifies his yeah, voice. Yeah, loudspeakers and a microphone. And just preaching and and reading from the gospel on a sidewalk, totally legal. And yet, and, and by the way, the circumstances around this was a drag show um, in front of kids. And so these young, handsome Christian boys decide that they're going to counter it with the message of Christ. And they get arrested. Four Wisconsin policemen show up, 
unplug the um the microphone and and basically they um, handcuff him. They handcuff Let him. Take him away. Listen, here's a, here's a clip from um the, these obviously these kids had cell phones. Good for them. And here's what happened. But through love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Hey, hey, what are you doing? What is the problem? What's wrong with you? What are you doing? You didn't give him any warning. You just grabbed the mic. Oh, this is the same one that we had in here. Yeah, that was in there. It was not out here. What is wrong with you? What are you doing? You didn't give us any warning. Let it go. You guys have been warned. They say we can chef. We can. They say we can speak out here on the sidewalk freely. You can speak, but there's no amplified device. Nobody told us that. What are you doing? Nobody told me that. How come there's no amplification? Hey, you guys are acting like thugs, man. You act like straight up thugs. Hey, you're 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 taking away my. He has every right to be out here engaging in speech. He has every right to be out here engaging in speech. There's cars driving by with their radios. So in that video clip, uh, this young man, Marcus, was, I guess he was reading the Bible. He had a, he had an amplification system and law enforcement comes up to him. and arrest, Four guys. And, and I think two more had come in. So I think there was a total of six at one point to handcuff him, unplug his microphone and, and drag him away. Now he's out on the street. And as you mentioned before, Rachel, he's protesting an LGBT drag event, uh, but it was an event that was also aimed at and targeted towards children. Uh, that's what the news report. I still saying. can't believe that this is what they do. And, yeah. and so as a way of peacefully protesting, he's outside and he's reading the Bible. And what, what frustrates me is one, not only is that the First Amendment, you have the freedom of speech, but also in the First Amendment, we have the freedom of religion. So yes. <laughs> he's exercising both of them. And by the way, just uh, we're Wisconsin. I'm, I'm a Wisconsin guy. Watertown is is not that far away from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but it's not a suburb. It's it is a ways away. It's its, its own little town. And yes, some people might work in Milwaukee and still live in Watertown, but it's, it's a cute it, little town. It's a it's a it's a, a little town in the center center part of the state of Wisconsin. If if reading the Bible means you get arrested in Watertown, Wisconsin, you can get arrested anywhere in America. And and I know just as a background, people will. Go, well, isn't Wisconsin a, a, a liberal state or a purple state? Milwaukee's, the city of Milwaukee's liberal. Madison or Dane County, where the University of Wisconsin-Madison is, is liberal. Most of the rest of the state is fairly conservative. Yeah. Um, and here you have the police coming in and taking out a young man for exercising his constitutional rights. I have this video posted on my Twitter uh, feed. So if you want to see it for yourself, you should. Because I think what's most shocking to me is the presence of the cops that they, you know, first of all, one of them pulls the 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 cord right out of his amplifier. They take away his mic. They they start arresting this young kid. I mean, he's he's a teenager for God's sake. Um, and he's not doing anything dangerous. And so for me, you know, it was an interesting juxtaposition. And the reason why we chose to do this story was, you know, we have Donald Trump indicted this week. And I think a lot of people think, well, that's Donald Trump, and you know you know, bad orange man and he's a Nazi and all the crazy stuff the left says about him and 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 the justification for it, although most Americans can see this is totally unjust. But if you think that this is going to stop with Donald Trump, it's not. And by the way, again, going back to the cops, 
there are some good cops and they're being asked to do sometimes things they don't want to do. In the case of Donald Trump, Donald Trump has told the story of having, you know, police officers uh, the last time he was indicted in New York City, um, strong Irish American police officers, the kind you see in the movies, like out of central casting. He's talked about this on television before uh, that he, you know, they basically had to arrest him. And the guy was like crying, saying, I don't want to have to do this, but I have to. You have those kinds of cops. I see the cops that arrested this young man, Sean. They seemed gleeful in it. I don't know if you saw the same thing. I saw them not feeling bad for what they are doing. So again, this is a, a, a commentary on, on the culture and where we're at. And uh, your rights in the Constitution are only words on paper unless people believe them and they're willing to defend them and stand up for them and fight for them. And so I, we've seen there's a number of videos, this being one of them where a, a Christian who's reading Bible verses is arrested. But I've seen a lot of video where you have pro-lifers Yes. At a rally or Christians at a rally and you have the LGBT community come out and start yelling at them, screaming at them, disrupting their event. And the cops come and the cops don't arrest the LGBT protesters. They don't. Those who are antagonizing a conservative or a Christian group, they're not handcuffed and hauled away. But a young boy who's reading Bible verses, he is in Rachel. uh, He was asked about it uh, later. Marcus was. And he said it was worth it. It was actually an honor to be counted worthy to stand with the cloud of witness who have gone before us and been arrested for the sake of spreading Christ and his kingdom. So here's a young man who is willing to stand up and take bullets, not little bullets, but take shots, get arrested for his faith. Um, and I, I don't want to make this too dramatic, but it goes back to early Christians yeah, who were willing to, dramatic to, here. To, to, to stand up and fight for what they believed in and spread the word. Two points on that one. The young man gives me hope for America um, that we have young men still in this country that are willing to do this. Um, This kid, if you could see him, you'd see him on the football team at any of your local, you know, uh, high schools. I mean, he's just a a regular looking kid. Uh, Like I said, good looking. So are all his friends that were around him. Um, Nice kid. Uh, Gives me hope for America. At the same time, you know, when we talk about the police officers, I think about also the FBI agents who raided the home of, of Mark Houck, the uh, pro-life protester who was defending his son when he was peacefully protesting outside of an abortion clinic um, and had this altercation all of a sudden uh, with, with a pro with a with a pro-choicer who was harassing his son. And all of a sudden he's at his house and at seven in the morning, the FBI shows up, you know, with their flipping vehicles surrounding his house, guns pulled, banging down the door. Yet they had like, I don't know, eight, eight homeschooled kids crying. I mean, and my thought in that wasn't just like that poor family, obviously terrified, but who are these agents? Shame on them and shame on these cops as well. They know the constitution. They know the orders they've been given are wrong. And so I look at the situation that we're in, Sean, Donald Trump arrested this new what I think is this new era of persecution on the right, because so many of the reins of power are in the hands of the left right now. And I go, it's going to require good cops, whether in the FBI or in local law enforcement, to hold the line because they're being told to do stuff that is wrong. So let me just it makes me think of the movie uh, Cinderella Man, uh, James Braddock, the fighter. And in that um, movie, um, there was a scene. Pro? Yes. There's a scene where 
the 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 electrical guy, the meter guy, is coming to turn off their power because they haven't paid their bill. Um, and what's her name? Uh, Renee Zellweger. Renee, thank you, Renee Zellweger comes out. Love that movie. By the way, if you haven't seen that movie in a it's while, that's awesome. Like- comes out and basically is begging him not to turn off her power, and she says, "Like I have these little kids," and he has to say, "I I I get it," and he's he's heartbroken, but he's like, "I'll lose my job, and I can't feed my kids if I don't turn off your power." Right? Those are the difficult situations that people find themselves in. So you can't really peer into the hearts of of cops. They have families to feed as well, and who knows what kind of pressure they're under. But I think um, the, the, that's no excuse. I'm sorry. Well, to do the you have to do the right thing. Listen, I I I I I, I agree. And sometimes, if you're a cop, you'll say, "Well, justice will work itself out." Right? Maybe that's how they justify and, it. And, sure. And I, and I well, listen. I, I you 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 sign up, and you are you, it's you're you have to do what mayors say or sheriffs say, or you give up your badge, right? And you let the system actually you know work itself out. Um, do I agree with it? No. Um, but I'm not forced to get a paycheck and feed my family with this with this job that these that, that these men have. So um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting conversation we're having because if you're at a if you're at an, at an LGBT parade or LGBTQ. rally, LGBTQ plus, you keep leaving out LGBTQ the Q plus, plus the spirit, with whatever it is, spirit animals. Yeah, um, I'm okay. Like I might I might disagree. I do disagree with you and some of the you know like cheekless chaps that you're wearing and you know how you're presenting yourself. I might disagree with that, but I don't dispute that you have a right to present yourself and your beliefs publicly. Um, I have had a problem though, when you want to include kids yes. in, in the process, in your parade to see things that I think are, are not appropriate for kids to see. Cause as a culture, as a community, as a society, we do protect kids, but outside of kids being involved, have all the drag shows you want, have all be the you, boo. you want, be you, be you. And the problem is liberals don't share that same viewpoint for kids. For conservatives. And so even if you are LGBTQ plus spirit animal, that's okay. You should still go, I respect this young man's right to be a Christian and to speak his mind, just like I think it's okay for the LGBTQ plus folks to speak their mind. That's what the country is based on. That's how you debate. That's how democracies work. But this is a new thing. And this is why we're doing the story. This is a new phase we're entering in. And I think people need to be you know, really eyes wide open during this period of time that we've entered. I mean, who would have thought that the leading Republican candidate in the polls is right now in jeopardy? You know, he he's going to be put in jail for life if they have their way. And there's a very real possibility that that could happen. Can I make one quick point? Sure. So there's three branches of government. Um, it's obviously the executive, the judiciary and the legislative. Right. So in the executive branch, there's a direct line that goes from Joe Biden to Merrick Garland to Jack Smith. That is the chain of command that exists. And therefore, you can draw the line from Joe Biden to Jack Smith, yeah. who's prosecuting Donald Trump, the lead challenger against Joe Biden. This is insanity in yeah. American politics. And oftentimes, politicians who might feel, I was there, I feel a certain way, right? I want to do a certain thing. I want to say a certain thing but I restrain myself. I restrain myself because I think if I, if I say these words or I take these actions, I'm, I'm going to dissolve, disrupt the, 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 the norms and procedures that we have 
And of course, that is what and they're so accusing don't. Donald Trump of, of, frankly, at on January 6th. I don't agree with that. I, I believe he said do it peacefully. Which he did say. It's on video. He did say. It's on video. <laughs> but that's what they're saying. And yet they, on the left, break every norm and really, really dangerous norms right Wait, now. Do, do you know that it's a crime uh, to, uh, to, to, to organize an insurrection against the country? That's criminal. You can't be an insurrectionist. Do you know that Donald Trump is not charged with insurrection? Right. That's not in the charges. They all claim he's an insurrectionist, but as as aggressive as Jack Smith is, as far as he's trying to stretch the law, he couldn't stretch the law far enough, even for Jack Smith, to make the claim that that Donald Trump tried to orchestrate an insurrection of America. <laughs> so it's no, it's a it speaks it's, volumes. It's about a great point. Democrats. But we're in we're in a new America. I we wanted to bring the story to your attention for that reason. I hope you see the video. I hope this. I'm going to pray a lot for this young man. Boy, does he give we me need hope. More like him. We need more like him. But this is a new this is a new place that that we're in. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Um, I'm going to move to another story because yes. part of the reason why Joe Biden has been able to get away with what he's done with yes. the, the indictment of Donald Trump, but also the timing of it has been incredible. Um, just, you know, it gets really hot. The kitchen gets really, really hot for Joe Biden. And boom, this indictment comes down. Um, and the media fall right in line trying to, you know, take the story off. No, the- there's a history. So every every time the 1023 came out, the next day, Donald Trump was charged. The the plea deal for Hunter Biden falls apart. The next day, Donald Trump is charged again. The the Devin Archer testimony comes out. And the very next day, Donald Trump is charged again. It's like this is clockwork for prosecutors. This is their defense strategy. It is, which we talked about with Will Cain. The best defense is a strong offense. They're trying to change the news cycle to Donald Trump away from Joe Biden and his criminal behavior. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. But they've still had to answer a little bit about what what we're seeing, because uh, Representative Kohler and and the House Republicans, who deserve a lot of credit, um, have put together with very little help from the media or anybody else, quite a case against uh, 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 Joe Biden. And, you know, the media has had to respond to some of this. I want to play for you how MSNBC um, explains the 20 phone calls that Devin Archer now has said that Joe Biden um, made. He said at least 20 um, with Hunter Biden. So, so Hunter Biden turns on a speakerphone and brings his dad into the conversation. And whether they're current clients of Hunter's or prospective clients, Joe Biden hops on the phone um, I would argue to show the 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 Biden brand to these potential clients that Joe Biden is with his son, but that's not necessarily the take that the liberal media has. They try to come up with some very creative uh, arguments and solutions as to why Joe Biden did this. Take a listen. Hunter Biden put um, uh, President Biden on the speakerphone for like twenty times. Um, you could certainly ask whether at some point he. Uh, President Biden might have said, hey, quit putting me on speakerphone. Uh, you know, are, are you having a business meeting? Like, what, what is that about? But um, but the context is that uh, this was a, a, a sort of very fraught and, and sad time for the Biden family. And uh, we know how important family is uh, to the president. So he's saying for 20 different times, Joe Biden could have said, hey, why am I on the phone with all your business associates? It's not 
seemly, maybe not even legal, but he didn't do it because this was such a sad time for Joe Biden and the family because Bo was dying. I'm going to tell you what. Because um, Joe's a family man. Because he's a family man. We all know that, right? Right. Um, Grandpa Joe. Um, so actually what, what the 20 calls actually demonstrate, Sean, his, is how even a dying son, a dying brother, could not distract Joe and Hunter Biden from just the greed. I mean, treasonous greed and the the corruption and the criminal enterprise. So here's Bo Biden dying of brain cancer. And you would think Joe Biden would be by his side all the time, but he finds time to get on the call with Hunter Biden's business associates to show that, yep, I've got Hunter's back and you better make those checks happen. And by the way, go ahead, Sean. No, no, but no, you can finish your thought. I, I just... I can't believe that they would yet again. And every time he's in a pickle, Sean, every time he's in a pickle, whether it's with Afghanistan or whatever, he invokes Bo. Nothing is sacred with this man. Nothing is sacred. Nothing. So, you know, I, as, I, as people in my life have been on speakerphone and they've tried to walk up to me and get me to engage in a conversation while they're on speakerphone. And because it's speakerphone, I can be like, no, and wave my hand back and forth. Like, don't put me on the phone. Right. Right. We all, we all, we all have had that circumstance. Joe Biden could have been like, "No, don't put me on the phone. I don't want to. I don't want to get on." But he doesn't do that. No, he willfully gets on the phone, as I would argue, as part of this enterprise, to send a message to the clients and the prospective clients that Joe Biden is part of the team, and he's going to help deliver the promises that Hunter Biden. Why else would he get on the call? And by the way, the media also said. In other interviews, they said, well, he or, or the White House, too, they said, oh, he was talking to them about the weather and also about Bo Biden and his death. Why the hell? First of all, th- nobody gets on the phone with a bunch of Ukrainian businessmen or whoever the hell else they were talking to to talk about the weather. Uh, secondly, why would these people care about? I mean, you're not going to talk to them about Bo Biden's death. I mean, this is the, or, or dying that he's dying. This is so ridiculous it's insulting okay. and it's also shameful to use your son in that way to, as a defense so first off i disagree with you i think that joe biden is getting on the phone call and he's actually saying things that are nothing about business they might be talking about the weather they might be talking about sports they might be talking about you know new flights between new york and ukraine because you don't have to talk about business and joe biden is smart enough not to have any business conversations on the calls with clients or prospective clients of hunters. But just by being on the phone call, he sent in a message that Hunter and I are working together. And I'm not going to talk to you about it, but make no mistake, when you ask Hunter, he's going to come to me and I'm going to deliver for you. So you- That's the message that he's sending by getting on the phone call and talking about nothingness. It shows his involvement in the criminal enterprise. So when Burisma needs you to fire the prosecutor looking into the corruption of your company, you can literally get on the phone with the president of the country and say, if you don't or the or the or the AG of the country, the, the, the attorney for the country and say, if you don't fire that prosecutor that's looking into that corruption, Ukraine's not going to get their a billion dollars, a billion dollars. And as Joe said, lo and behold, guess what? Son of a bitch. They fired the prosecutor. Right. 
I, I think this is also interesting too. They're saying there's there's no scandal here. They have no proof yeah. that, that that that. And by the way, I, I don't disagree with that. They don't have a crime as of right now. But how is that video of him laughing about and telling that story not enough proof? It's so obvious what happened. So, but but you have to. You to have, son's company. So Hunter Biden has his own. Hunter Biden has his own crimes, right? He was a foreign agent and register. He was making money that he didn't claim in taxes. He was doing drugs, prostitution, guns. I, there's probably a lot of other stuff out there as well that I'm not even aware of. Those are all Hunter Biden's crimes. Joe Biden, on the other hand, doesn't, again, it's unseemly. You can't get elected when you do these things if you're exposed, but is it criminal? And it only gets to the the point of a crime, I think, if Hunter or if Joe Biden is making money off the enterprise. And the liberal media is so quick to say, you know what? They don't have anything here. Yes, it might be unseemly. Yes, it, it might not look very good. Bad judgment on the part of Joe Biden. But do they really have criminal charges here? And the truth is, not quite yet. And the reason is, is because the FBI and the DOJ and the IRS have been unwilling for the whistleblowers to look in to any money that the big guy made. They couldn't get, they haven't examined Joe Biden yet. So there's now, a forensic now, audit could, that could be easily done. Oh. You look at, here's the money that came from such and such company to this and such and such shell company. And then it goes over to, I mean, there's a way as, to follow that. Well, it's easy, right? As complicated as Hunter Biden and sophisticated as Hunter Biden thinks he was in setting up these shell companies to move money into the U.S. And then, you know, hide the cash uh, for the IRS and the FBI. It's this is like getting on your bike and riding it for them. Like they, 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 they get all the information. They see where the money goes. They see who spends the money. That's not complicated for them, but they have to be able to look at it. Right. And they haven't been able to look at it. So for for Morning Joe to say, well, we don't there's been there, there's nothing here. They, they want to make a scandal. They want to make some smoke, but there's nothing here. Well, we don't have anything here yet because. The investigators haven't looked at it. Now, compare that they to They weren't the, allowed that's to right. look at it. The IRS, the, these whistleblowers said, we wanted to go, we were told we cannot pursue anything that has to do with Joe Biden. We could only look at Hunter. Well, this story is about Joe Biden. Right. And and any investigation has, you know, tentacles that you don't expect and you just follow these leads down the road. But they were given specific instructions that if it had to do with Joe cut the investigation off. So a whole bunch of smoke around Joe Biden that he was making money off his son. And the bureaucracy, law enforcement is saying, no, you can't look into Joe Biden. Now contrast that with Donald Trump. The same people, the very same people who have no smoke, they're trying to pretend like this dossier was real with Russia collusion, but they all knew it wasn't. They all knew it was fake. And based on nothing, no smoke, they did a, an absolute roto-rooter of Donald Trump's life, looking for a crime, and they found nothing. So no evidence of a crime. They investigate Donald Trump. Massive evidence of a crime with, with Joe Biden, and they refuse to do any investigating. And that's, and that's why people will say this is a two-tier justice system, and they're spot on. And if you don't have justice and equality under the law, you don't, again, you don't have a democracy. You don't have freedom. Because one side can do whatever they want, whether they're LGBTQ plus protesters or they're Democrat politicians making money on the side, and the other side will be persecuted 
for the smallest infraction or no infraction at all. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. By the way, other um, other people have been sort of caught up in the indictment of Donald Trump. I just want to uh, bring this up. And Vivek Ramswamy yesterday brought up such a great point that the other part of the story that we're not talking about is how those are his lawyers, um, that they are now making it, uh, creating this precedent that you can now go after people's lawyers um, for giving you advice, whether you, know, you don't have to agree with what the lawyers, um, you know, have have said, but, you know, you, you can't criminalize legal advice, um, which is what they're doing. I, I want to see if I find so that it's, statement. It's, it's sacrosanct, the, the relationship that a defendant has with a lawyer, because we believe that we want defendants and lawyers to be able to speak freely about what evidence is there, what they knew, what they didn't know, what they did. And that will allow a defendant to get the best defense from their lawyer. And so we say, hey, no matter what your what your client tells you, lawyer, you can't tell anybody else that. And if law enforcement comes and tries to find out from the lawyer what the what their client, the defendant told the lawyer, our courts have said you can't do that. That's right. sacrosanct. You can't you can't access those conversations just like you can't get conversations between a husband and a wife. In this case, Rachel, they actually did. They got the the FBI went in and got the conversations between Team Trump and his lawyers, which is again shattering norms. Right. Vivek's tweet says he's one here's one of the most dangerous parts of of the indictment. The supposed co-conspirators are actually attorneys who are offering legal advice to their client. If we criminalize lawyers offering legal advice that prosecutors happen to disagree with, that marks the end of the justice system. In America, and by the way, once again, um, uh, Donald—I mean, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy—is is going to be outside the courthouse um, when Donald Trump is indicted. Um, I think today. Well, just you know, I, or, I would I, arraigned. I should. Say. I would expect that all of the evidence that came um, between Donald Trump and his lawyers that there's there'll be motions to suppress that, um, and the trial judge may not suppress it. But if it goes to the Supreme Court, I'm sure they're going to do the right thing and. All of that evidence would not be allowed in, which is why it's so important that the Supreme Court now has a majority of of people who care about the Constitution instead of those who, who just think it's a living, breathing document to be used to advance progressive causes. The, 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 the Constitution has too, too many strings around it, too many, too many guardrails they, to, to prohibit them from doing the things they, they want. So this is a story we're going to continue to follow. Um, lots it, of pieces to this. But lots it has of pieces. a lot of implications. And again, I always watch what the media is telling you on any side, any article. I always question: Is there? Is this? Am I getting straight truth, or am I getting perspective? Am I getting spin? Um, and what is the the purpose and intent of the spinner? Yeah, it's great stuff. We'll have more of this conversation after this. So, last story we're going to cover here is: you know, we ha- I mentioned that we had Will Kane on, and he talked to us about how to find the perfect woman. A conversation Will Kane doesn't normally have. No, but it was really <laughs> insightful, really fun to talk to him about that. And it was around these stats that had come out where, you know, an increasing number of young people have said that they don't believe marriage is necessary, that the institution of marriage is um, antiquated. And a lot of them are either not entering into serious relationships or those who are, they're just living together. Uh, we had Jordan Peterson on Fox and Friends earlier this week, and he told um, our viewers that, you know, living with someone is just taking them for a test drive, that you're basically just telling them that, you know, I, I, I reserve the right to upgrade you. 
Um, and so that that's kind of interesting. But at the same time that these stats are coming out of young people not getting married, we also have stats that are now out from the University of a study by at the University of Chicago talking about happiness. We all want to be happy, right? Um, well, it's showing that um, the happiest uh, people are married people. What? Yeah. Do you feel happy, Sean? I do. That's kind of what you and Will were talking about, how, you know, looks can fade, um, you know, even the, 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 the freedom that you, you think you're enjoying as a young man, a single young man, but eventually that stuff fades. And, you know, as you get older, you, you, you just have to think about where you want to be at, you know, whether you're 29 um, or 69. Yeah, where do you want to be at sixty? Well, right? I think there, I, I, and again, I, this does not surprise me. This stat does not surprise me um, with regard to you know mar- married couples being happier than non-married couples because when you're able to share your life with someone, when you're able to, um, whether it's your day, your hardships, your joys, your friendships, your conversations, your viewpoints, your passions, your hobbies, it makes your life richer when you're able to share that not just with your wife, but if you're able to have kids. And I want to make a, a we, we talk about having kids and how wonderful having kids really is, Rachel. Um, and we encourage people to have kids. We should also note that there's there's people out there who um who are trying to have kids and can't. And I think that's really hard for people. And, and I and I guess when we talk about having kids, we do it um in a in a in a in a context of those who are choosing not to have kids, not right. those who are trying to have kids but can't, but those people who are just saying, I don't want to have kids, it's too much work. It takes too much money. Uh, and so this is about getting married, having a family makes you happier. So this study looked at income, educational achievement, race, geography, all kinds of different factors um, when it came to happiness. But marital status is the most influential when it came to predicting happiness. Quote, the difference is stable over time. It is about the same whether the unmarried state is due to divorce um, separation, death of spouse, or never having being married. So basically being married um, is the best predictor of of happiness. And I think it's it's interesting because, you know, we talked about the the, the Barbie movie um, last week quite a bit. You know, I, I went to see that. And it, it, one of the most disappointing things for me was that Ken and Barbie don't end up getting married in the movie. And it's part of this trend of messaging to young people that marriage is not necessary, that marriage isn't isn't going to lead to happiness. And uh, people often and we talked about this with Will as well, like there's a lot of talk about how difficult marriage is. And of course, there are challenges to marriage. But I think, again, this speaks to that we're not doing enough. Us married people, married and happy people aren't talking enough about the joys of marriage. And I think the message is send the, the culture is sending one message, denigrating marriage, saying it's unnecessary, saying Ken and Barbie don't need to get married to be happy. Um, and in, in fact, Barbie, in order to be happy, um, can't stay with Ken. She has to go find herself. And I think what 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 is lost in that is the wisdom of knowing that you're not going to go find yourself out there in L.A. like like Barbie does. You find yourself in the context of marriage. You find yourself in a family. You find yourself as you develop these very intimate, close relationships 
with either a spouse, your children, your parents, um, your siblings. That is how you really find who you are. And you're not going to go to some magical, you know, city somewhere and live alone and suddenly discover who you are. You find yourself by being in deep, meaningful relationships. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, I talk about the difficulty of marriage. Uh, and I do that because I don't, th- those who are thinking about it, I don't want them to be misguided that it's not all always roses, roses and tulips and sunshine. It's, it's, it can be difficult, but I don't say you should do it because I think it's bad. I think it's amazing. I, I mean, I love being married to you. I would hope that everyone has a marriage like you and I have together, the friendship that work, you and I have right, together. It takes, it takes work. work. So I don't mean to um, naysay it by saying it can be hard. All things that give us joy are are a little bit difficult. Marriage can be too. Do but you know what's it's, difficult, it's, Sean? It's, it's, ama- it's, it's amazing. Loneliness is, is difficult. Yeah, it is. You know what? Loneliness is. is difficult. Can I just, so, uh, you've talked about this before. If If you're wealthier, you're going to breastfeed your child. If you're poorer, you're going to give your child formula. Now, there's a lot of other factors that come into play there. There's circumstances, but broadly speaking, that's that's what happens. In this study, the same thing. Wealthier people are married. Poor people seem not to get married. Well, because the number one predictor of poverty for any child is not single family is, home. is being raised in a single family home. So marriage is is good for for everybody involved. Uh, the the chick- child, the chicken or the egg. I don't know which which. No, I is. think I think that progressives um, go around and and talk a lot about you know uh, undoing these traditions and these cultural um, values that have always been sort of the the foundation of 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 societies like marriage, which is probably one of the most important institutions we have. They kind of go around and say, well, that's not necessary. We need to you know fundamentally transform everything and. And up undo everything, but they're also they understand that um, it, it uh, marriage actually that kind of stability and focus that marriage um, gives gives people is actually makes people happier, makes people wealthier. By the way, um, and so they they've sort of preached something, but in their own lives for their own children, they want that um, they want marriage, but for you know you lower class people. Well, you know, you can do whatever you want. I, I think that there, that, that is an interesting, that is an interesting thing that, that you can see play out. But again, I don't think we're talking about, um, enough about just that companionship. I know Will said when he was talking about the perfect woman, he said, you know, obviously looks matter, right? I mean, and, and by the way, it looks matter for women looking at us at a, a spouse as well. And I've often talked about how important I think that is sexual attraction to whoever you're with matters a lot. But over time, we do change. We do age. And in the end, companionship starts to grow in importance. And um, I think that's sort of what he was talking about. I think he was, too. And um, I want to go back to a point you made. Uh, Liberals are liars, right? Yes. They're liars. And so liberals are telling people, don't get married. You'll be happier. If you're single and you you know push your career and your bank account and you stay solo and you can go get your lattes and you can go drink with your friends and hook up culture, t- take a vacation to Europe somewhere, that's going to bring you happiness. They also lie and will tell you socialism and communism is better than capitalism, right? They'll also tell you that you can change your gender. They'll tell you that global warming means you have to give up your stove, your dishwasher, your hot water heater, and your gas-powered car. They're liars. There's a political agenda behind all of this. There's a reason why they do do these things. 
families, and we talked about this a lot, but families are, I mean, become the most important unit in the life. And they're insular to these radical forms of government and ideas that can come from the left. And if you want to have your stupid, sad ideas penetrate the mind, you need people who are open to it. And that's people who are living outside of a family. They're single. And I think that's the very purpose of why they do it. Um, and maybe they themselves have, have, haven't gotten married and they haven't seen the joy of marriage and therefore they want to tell everyone else to be just as miserable, miserable as they are. I'm not quite sure. But um, this study is reflective in almost all the couples that we know. So let's talk marriage. about the joys of marriage. Yeah. What are the joys? So I think we'll, we'll make the first one. Friendship matters, right? Sharing your life with someone. You and I get up in the morning. We have a cup of coffee. We try to anyway. Um, and we yeah, almost always do have. We always do. Yeah. Um, he and goes for walks with his wife and the dogs. He, he, how nice um, is that? Once in a while, when we're up at the cabin, I'll go for a walk with you, which we actually enjoy. Um, but I get to share all the things that are happening, all the difficulties, all the great things. We get to share the conversations on our kids, the good things, the 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 bumps in the road with the kids. Um, and I think that my life would be so lonely um, if I didn't have it to share with you. And I love to hear about the things that you're doing. I right. love you and care about you. So I want to know what are you experiencing? What are you hearing? What happened? At, what happened on the show this weekend? Interesting guests if I didn't watch. We, again, so sharing our lives together has made me more fulfilled and happier. And then, and, um, uh, Rachel, I almost, I heard this beep on our thing and I tried to shut down the laptop and, um, she's going to close our computer and shut us off from the podcast. I don't know how to get that beep from the technicalities of uh, the kitchen table. Sorry. Yeah. How about you? I mean, how about for you? You know, uh, first of all, just to hit some stats that are, I, I think you talk about the lies. There's a lot of stats out there that talk about the benefits of marriage. So people who are married are healthier. Uh, men, especially men who are married are healthier. Um, you'd think you'd have more time if you were single to go to the gym, but it turns out that probably loneliness kicks in and depression and things like that that end up affecting one's health. Also, you have a wife who's nagging you to like get get to the gym or put on that. You've got a little tire around your waist and she might notice. And, you know, so there's that, that there's the health angle, um, of course. And it turns out that men make more money when they're married, even though they have more people dependent on them kids, but that ends up being a motivating factor. They say that business decisions, career decisions for both sides, for both men and women are better strategized because you've got two minds two different minds because men and women are different strategizing on the right um the right way to the right decisions to make in one's career and all of that ends up leading to people making more money so you have those kind of stats in your favor um i agree with the companionship part um there's sex too let's just be honest um you know i don't want to be listen i know a lot of women who are now my age um either never got married or are divorced I don't want to be dating at my <laughs> It sounds miserable. I'm so happy when I hear what's going on in the dating world for those over 40. Uh, I just, I come home so happy to see you, Sean, because I don't want to be dating. I don't want to be in that space. And yet I love the, 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 the intimacy that we have. And I don't want to have to 
where I'm going to get that from, from somebody else. It seems whoa, really taxing. Whoa, 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 okay. Like a lot of work. I was going to go in a different direction. <laughs> you know, I I thought, like, I, I've, I've gone to some cool places. Wait, wait, can I just say this sure. to you? Married people have more sex. Oh that, my God. What is that what all the way around? Just, what is this I'm podcast about? about? Giving you the facts. <laughs> giving you the facts. It sounds like if you're single, you could go out and have a lot of play, but it turns out they don't have Not as much true. sex as they talk about. God. Well, I've, I've, I'm going to take, okay, I'm turning red. Um, I don't know, but I, okay. I, but I've, I've been to a number of different places. It's kind of fun where, watching you get a little bit. Storm, uh, I've been to a number of places where, um, whether it was in Congress or after Congress, where I've been in cool places, um, neat places, beautiful places, and you haven't been there. And I always find myself wishing that I was there with you. I'm not there going, this is great. And Rachel's not here. No one's waking me up or keeping me awake or wanting to do something that I don't want to do. I got to do whatever I want at this really cool place. That's not the way I feel. I'm like, I wish I was here sharing this cool experience with you. And I think my experience isn't as great, um, isn't as fun, isn't as fulfilling when I don't get to share it with you. Right. Um, even though, so, and again, they, 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 it can be a fun place, a good place, a and it's it's nice, but I know that it'd be better when you're there. And I think it's always interesting too when you, I, I the, the, we all know these stories in our life because when you have a couple that's been married for a long time, they've been married for fifty years and sixty years, they've shared their life together for you know for, for basically their whole lives, and one of them dies, oftentimes not long after, the other one dies. Yeah. They and I think it becomes so depressing that they don't get to share their life with. You know that really that 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 is kind of the other uh, other half of them. Half of them yeah. have died, and so they they pass away as well. That speaks volumes about the kind of love and relationship and the meaning of that relationship in someone's life. If they can't live without, you know, oh, I don't think I could live without you. In fact, I mean, you're talking about going to places where it you, you just don't feel like you can enjoy that cool location unless I'm there. I feel like when something happens. Like something happened that was really interesting, but it's almost like it didn't happen until I tell you about it. Um, and, you know, you hear a lot in all of this um, sort of psychobabble we hear all the time, you know, ever since the age of Oprah, you know, about codependency. I, I am very happily codependent on yeah. you. Um, and I have no problem saying I'm totally codependent on Sean. If I'm going through something, you know, difficult, I, I need, I need you. I need to have someone to talk to about it, to, to, to run ideas by, or just to listen. So I think again, there was a time in my life where I could have survived without you. No, Maybe you in the can't. first five or six years of marriage, if something happened, I could have, I could have, I could have gotten by. Like if something happened now, I, I'd be in a, I, <laughs> the, the operation do? doesn't, the operation doesn't work. I've always said Rachel. when my kids ask me like, what's the secret to, you know, doing good at a job. I said, it's the same for a marriage. You have to make yourself indispensable. Yeah. So, you know, when you're, when you have, when you're, you're starting a job, you just want to do everything you can to, to make yourself indispensable. So your boss needs you. And then that gives you job security. Yeah, It's the same in marriage. I, you know, I, I've created a home and a way that you like to eat. And I like all these things that I've created for now you I and can't now, live without. Now I'm you can't live without. I've made myself indispensable. It's actually a secret, right. a secret to marriage. And I'm not afraid to say I'm, I'm codependent. I think it's a beautiful thing for couples to be codependent on each other. 
in a healthy way. And and I and also think just, that's good. just one way, I, when we think about and I, we we've mentioned this as, as well. I, I I think it's important to make sure you take time because life can get busy and we can share things that are going on and it can happen so quickly and things are going. But there, whether it's a, a day, a weekend, a week that you can take together as a couple, whatever that might be, and or even it's a night, not even a full day. You got to be able to take time to slow down and actually in, and really enjoy each other, to really respark. Remind yourself why you love each other and why you love spending, you know, having that time together. And I think that you know what Will brought up and kind of what we do with our coffee time in the morning, um, what Will does on his walks. That's important to kind of also to have that routine that you touch base, you know, at least once a day, where you can talk about what's going on in your lives, something that some issue. It could be, you know, just shooting it, you know, talking about whatever, but you do have to have these, at least one sort of moment in the day that it's just you two and you can talk and you can reconnect. Even it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be, you know, 15 minutes, but you got to do that because it's so easy. As you I, said, to I think it's interesting. It. if we were to look at our, our, our phone calls and texts, the amount we call each other during the day, like if I'm going into the bottom line or you're going into your show on, on the weekend, um, or wh- whatever reason we're separated. And when you're at the cabin and I wasn't, or I was at the cabin and you weren't, the amount of calls and texts that happen between the two of us throughout the day. Yeah, it's a lot. If you say like one time a day, you have to connect. I'm like, that would be outrageous if we connected one time no, a day. Actually physically present. I'm glad uh, you yeah. made that distinction. I mean, if you can make it so that whether it's walking the dogs or, you know, having coffee together or a glass of wine at the end of the day, whatever that is that you, it's just you two connecting physically present with each other. Of course, we text throughout the day. When I'm doing Fox and Friends, my texts are very different than Sean's when he's doing the bottom line. When I'm doing Fox and Friends in commercial breaks, my texts are make sure the kids empty the dishwasher, <laughs> make sure We're you move the laundry. the laundry from the washer to the dryer, because <laughs> if not, I'm going to have to rewash it. There's a lot of tasks that are getting done in the commercial break. <laughs> We're, um, we're going to mute Rachel during her show because yeah. she has to tell us what to do. And she's not. Or if I if I get texts from the kids um, and not Sean, I know that means I'm doing the show. Sean is sleeping. Yeah, still sleeping. And the kids are running around and I've got to. But I can say what's also important about that is um, when, again, whether it's multiple times throughout the day that are short or, you know, just a little longer conversation for a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, we're sharing our lives with each other which means you're never going to lead a separate life from me and I'm not leading one from you. We're sharing all the things, all the people in our lives, all conversations and things like I'm part of your life even vicariously through you and, and, and the same for you with me. I'm not, not having conversations and doing things that I think are big that you don't hear about. I share it all with you and, and you the same with me, which is I think I think so, really, well, I think really so, important. And I think it's great for girls, women to have, you know, girl time and, and those kinds of relationships. But I don't, for me, like my marriage is sacred and I don't, I don't share like, like I don't complain about you. I think Will talked about that. That Thank was you. kind of a bit of a trend where like people, women get together and sort of complain about their I husbands with each other. The staff in here and fire you. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's respectful. And, and besides I, you know, the things that are most intimate and important to me to talk about, I you're my best friend. I, I share with you. I, I talk to my sister. I'm really close with my sister and my mom as well. But generally, I, you know, when I don't, I don't have those kinds. I have, I have girlfriends, lots of them, and I go out with them every now and then. 
but I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. Um, and I didn't know that that was like a trend. It's not anything that any of my friends do either, but I, it was interesting to hear Will say that there's, you know, a bit of husband that. and wife bashing. Yeah. Among friends. I don't, I don't like that. I think that, you know, the marriage that's is That's a recipe for disaster. I mean, that is yeah. horrible. Yeah. I think um, horrible. And by the way, we, we, uh, again, I, a lot of people know that we're married. Um, it's just, just uh, but uh, we're not sharing intimate things of our, our marriage and our relationship with, with others. Um, it's that's, that's for us. There's some um, stuff you just want to keep to yourself. Right. We share a lot about what podcast and we're going to share. Yeah. We do share with just, that our kids would like, I think we talked about sex on this episode. I think so. you did. So, um, listen, a g- interesting conversation, uh, a lot of cultural topics, a lot of things, a lot of things happening, uh, in the country with, again, Donald Trump, this young Christian boy who's, um, being arrested for reading the Bible. Uh, listen, I, I, and I, and again, I, I always want to come with what, what, what do I think about and what do I do? Um, you do want to, you, you do want to be a beacon for truth. Um, you do want to try to insulate, you want to focus on things that matter and you do want to use your voice to speak out. Um, and when you have the chance, use your ballot to speak out as well. Um, and you can change the direction of the country. I think if you could go online and find this Marcus Schroeder um, and give him your support, I think that would be great. Um, that is a very brave young man. And and I think it's it's an important story we did because it's happening. This persecution is happening. It's, it's not. It's real. And, we you know, we, we, we see this slow roll. You know, what, first it was parents who go to school boards. Then they came after Catholics who go to Latin mass. And we saw the pro-life arrests that were totally unjust and unfair and the FBI doing that. We're seeing local police cracking down on one type of protester, but not another. We saw that in 2020, um, you know, the way that the the protesters for BLM were treated versus the way um, the January 6th uh, protesters have been, you know, many of them still sitting in gulags. Some of them have committed suicide um, because it's been so the the scrutiny and the, and the, and the way the federal government has come down on them has been so hard. Um, And here we have this young man, um, so again, if you think, it, but if you think they're going to stop, no. if you think this is as bad as it's going to get, you're wrong. And that's why she would tell you that's that why what's happening with can, Donald Trump is so important. It is. It's so important that 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 stops and and that people show their voices, um, whether it's now or at the election. And I think that's why his poll numbers are high. Sean, I think intuitively a lot of conservatives and independents understand that what what is happening to Donald Trump is really about us. Here's what burns me. I, I think every 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 single candidate should be at the courthouse. Vivek Ramaswamy will be. He's leading by example. They should all be there. There should be a unified front of anger. Mike Pence is mad at Donald Trump. He's angry about the 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 position he that Donald Trump put He's him glad in. That this is happening. I know. But shame on him for that. Shame on him. For you sure. can be mad. You can be mad. You have your own perspective of what happened on January 6th. And you can be angry at President Trump. You're entitled to that. But this is a step too far. That doesn't justify what they're doing to the former president. It's, this, they're not justified in what they're doing to the country. They should all be there standing arm in arm as a unified front against this radical left. And they're not. And when you're divided, that's when you fall. And yes. we're showing division by these Men and women not standing with him. But I think the people are standing with the president. Oh, now. I think so too. And I think the poll numbers are bearing that out. And I hope that 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 stays not just for Donald Trump, but for for the for I think it's for the good of our country um, to send that message that we're not going to let other people decide. We're not going to let Democrats decide 
who the Republican candidate is, because if we choose one guy, they're going to put him in jail. No, no, no. You can try to put him in jail. We're still going to support him. Your Democrats are not going to decide who the Republican nominee is. That's not how the system works. And that's what they're going to try to do. Um, and we have to, again, whether you whether you support Donald Trump or not, um, what's happening to Donald Trump is wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's a bad course for the country. So uh, listen, I want to thank you all for joining us at the kitchen table. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can get us always at foxnewspodcast.com. We'd love it if you subscribe. You get a notice every time our podcast drop, which is Wednesday, Thursday, and we take your questions on Fridays. Bye, everybody. Bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 